This is the Saxo Market Call, the daily financial markets podcast across asset classes and around the world. Hello and welcome to the Saxo Market Call. It's Friday, 21st of July, 2023, and quite a change of tone in markets following through into yesterday's session after the week Tesla and Netflix earnings. I think the TSMC uh, earnings and, and a bit you know, their, their guidance was, was a bit downbeat. I saw some interesting quotes from the chairman there. I couldn't dig them out again on uh, on their impression about what the implications for AI, uh, which I, I was surprised didn't weigh in more into the stocks like NVIDIA as well. We did see a negative session in NVIDIA, but it wasn't as sort of outstanding relative to the rest of the tech sector, et cetera. But around a 10% drop in Tesla, uh, a very ugly move, and we're seeing finally a break in this just incredible run here. And it makes some sense that at some point this is inevitably going to consolidate. And so this looks like the first signs of this. Kind of makes sense as well with uh, the rest of the earnings season coming roaring in next week, uh, well, starting next week with the especially heavy load of earnings reports and with the FOMC. And we did see a bounce back in treasury yields as well. And we'll cover all these things. For now, you can see the actually the mix of the major sectors there on slide two. Kind of interesting because we actually saw a number of sectors doing uh, reasonably well. Utilities, healthcare, uh, energy, uh, and, and financials were still had a reasonable uh, session on average as well. So that positive start to earnings season along the lines of financials doing not as bad as expected and even much better than expected has been spoiled now by these by these big uh, big names. Let's see what next week brings from the other big uh, mega caps and, and otherwise. But Kim, uh, you're in here in the studio with us today and some thoughts now. It's it's getting more technical now. That we have a, a break in the action from that just incredible rise. How do you see yesterday's move and, and the implications sort of technically from here? Well, yeah, on Tesla, as we can see on, uh, sorry, on uh, Nasdaq, we'll start with that. Uh, on Nasdaq, on slide three, we can see the correction is, is ongoing. There's been warning about it for quite some time. Uh, in the form of uh, divergence on the RSI. I've been highlighting that in, in a few uh, articles uh, lately. Uh, and I think we could see a correction on the NASDAQ 100 down to around uh, 14,700. I'm not quite sure that it will actually break the support at 14,687, um, but that's that's the one we are looking out for. First warning of that could be the break of the lower rising trend line there. All right. And then on Tesla, an even bigger break. And it's kind of interesting there because, uh, to say the least, also that divergence you note, but uh, fully taking out that prior major high with this this massive uh, bar that we saw yesterday. Yeah, it was a massive bar. We gapped lower from the uh, from the opening and, and we actually then closed below the support at uh, 265, which is, I think, is, is, is a really warning sign that we could drop lower. Also, on Tesla, there has been divergence and this imbalance in the market where the uh, indicators, the uh, volume and the strength and all that, they are not really supporting the, the, the upwards move in, in, the, in the share price. And uh, with this uh, close below this 265, well, we could actually drop to around 240, 235. And that would be critical also for the medium-term trends. Uh, we haven't, ha we don't have the, the chart here on the medium term. We had it uh, yesterday where we talked about that there's room up to around 313. Um, but if we close below 235, that would be in jeopardy, and suddenly the, the uh, completely medium-term uh, uptrend is in uh, is in danger. All right, now 
Over on this S&P 500, the action a little bit more muted, but it's a bigger index, uh, less tech heavy, and uh, the Tesla move uh, has a lower impact in there. But you're still seeing some pretty interesting implications, it looks like, from, from that bar yesterday. Yes, uh, I have circled in on the uh, on the daily chart here on on slide five. We can see a top reversal pattern. It's actually called the Doji Evening or Evening Doji Star um, formation, and that is a fairly reliable top and reversal pattern. Also, here we had a divergence on the RSI and on on the volumes and so on. So I think we will see a, a, a nice correction there. Correct. It was more muted yesterday. But maybe uh, next week when we have some of the big hitters, some of the big names really uh, reporting numbers, that could maybe get, get it going. And one should look out for the um, lower rising trend line. There are two. There's the very short term and then there's the uh, lower rising trend line and the uh, 45, uh, sorry, uh, 4,450 around that level. There's some support. Then we could drop below uh, 4,400, but I don't think we'll drop much lower than maybe um, in the in the. F- 4,350 level. Uh, it would be really crucial if we uh, move below 43.28 as highlighted there on the chart, but I, I don't think so. All right. Let's, uh, we have uh, Elsie Spinazzi on fixed income here in the studio as well, but just as a setup to that, and it is worth noting that it was quite interesting yesterday to see the coincidence with the break in the market and, and treasury yields bouncing back quite strongly. And I think part of that is what was feeding into the US dollar strength, which I will note on slide six. You can see there, and it's, it's really technically interesting here as well, and, and I'll get to that in a second. But uh, the dollar rebounding a bit here, it was a really brutal move lower uh, in the dollar. But we're seeing it rebounding across the board, especially versus the yen uh, this morning, and, and euro dollar correcting quite sharply. So, you know, from here, I, I think the key, the key setup here is that we've just seen a significant break in very, very important levels for the dollar. Uh, Kim, I was so happy you brought in the dollar index chart. I put on your dollar here where that 110.95 was, was the key that was broken on the way up. But it's even more well-defined on the dollar index. If we roll forward to the next slide there on slide seven, there was a double bottom uh, right around almost the exact same level. You've got a future here, but if you look at the cash index, it was almost exactly testing the same level, 100 spot 80 on the dollar index. So there's that level, which is in play and has been sort of tested uh, overnight on this run higher in the dollar. But... I don't know how you look at this, uh, um, Kim, but I, I also like to look at the sort of the local sell-off wave. And it's been such a big, sharp local sell-off wave that I would like to see a very significant portion of that sort of rejected or retraced before I believe that we've seen a, a false bottom here in the dollar. In other words, the dollar would have to rally a lot uh, and, and in a short order to reverse this, this big development, uh, this big break lower. How, how do you view the dollar index chart there? Yeah, it, I mean... 100 point, uh, spot 6, 8, or around that level, you said 100 spot 8. Well, the cash index is always slightly different from the future. Yeah, it's it doesn't a little matter. Bit it's, it's, yeah, it's whatever. The, yeah, there's a little yeah. bit. But it, it's it's a very interesting. It's like a pivot kind of thing. Um, we have seen it in the past, uh, going back uh, several months, where it tested it several times, bounced off, and then finally broke here last week with a massive sell-off. Um, and and got rejected yesterday. I think we could see another test. if we If it actually breaks above... It could move to 61.8 retracement of that sell-off the past couple of weeks here to around 101 spot uh, 7 free around that level without jeopardizing the entire um, uh, downtrend uh, because it was a massive move. So we could see a bit of a reaction. So I, I wouldn't go to 
uh, say that uh, well everything has reversed if we actually move above the 100 spot six eight uh, level it, it's just a larger correction yeah that's a good point and, and I agree with that so the, the level itself is 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 important but also very important is that downtrend move and that that huge momentum move that needs would need to be sort of counterbalanced to, Correct, to believe yes, that we agree. have seen a significant rejection of of the dollar bear market here so Critical stuff going into to next week with the FOMC, et cetera. All right, let's go over to yields, Altea. And your fo first focus is on UK yields. We've got a strong retail sales report this morning out of the UK. Uh, what's the setup there? And then we need to talk about the, the US yields as well. Yes, John, I think that uh, the big message out there is that uh, um, the – rally of gills that we have seen on Wednesday on the back of a better than expected uh, inflation data is is over. And uh, the, the reason for that is that the economy remains sturdy. But when we look at expectations on inflation, we can see that the CPI is expected uh, at 6.9% by the end of this year and at 2.8% by the end of 2024. Uh, that translates uh, in, into a more aggressive uh, Bank of England that might hike even further than what the market expect now, which is 5.75%. Uh, uh, so at this point, John, my view is isn't changed. Uh, on uh, slide number eight, I put a chart of the, the two years uh, swap uh, spread, uh, which we discussed uh, also um, in other uh, in uh, in other occasions, and it remains elevated. It means that uh, two years yields uh, they have uh, to rise uh, um, above uh, five percent. Probably they will consolidate uh, at a certain in the next few months around five point twenty five percent, and we need to see uh, this swap uh, spread uh, um, adjusting lower in order to to say that uh, um, we are done with uh, um, a two at least with a, a bear flattening of the yield curve. All right. And then rolling forward, so you're noting that uh, we, we did see that pop in U.S. yields in part on the best jobless claims number at, uh, if I jotted the correct number down, two, uh, 228, I think it was, um, uh, since early May, uh, better than expected. And uh, once again, showing that resilient U.S. jobs market. And so we saw yields popping higher. And yet you're noting there's huge demand at, at least this latest uh, treasury auction you're identifying here. What's what's your read on the U.S. treasury market, particularly at the longer end? Uh, yes, John, I think that um, there is uh, a little bit of mixed uh, signal from uh, the U.S. treasury market. On one side, uh, we have uh, investors uh, believing that uh, next week, if the Federal Reserve hike once more, uh, that's the final hike. Uh, and that should draw demand uh, into U.S. treasuries. And that's we, what we have seen yesterday with a spectacular 10 years um, tips auctions uh, where uh, uh, primary de dealers were left only with 1.5% uh, um, of the issuance, which was uh, the lowest uh, on uh, on record. But uh, if we look back at all the U.S. Treasury auctions uh, that we had uh, in the month of July, we see that the strongest uh, demand uh, was uh, in uh, short term, in the in the near term, U.S. Uh, Treasury auctions, uh, while the very long uh, auctions like the thirty years and the thirty years uh, are not receiving uh, um, comparable uh, uh, demand uh, to um, to the the front and the middle part uh, of the yield curve. Why is that? Well, I think that uh, the the answer it's uh, quite straightforward. We have uh, an economy that is uh, solid, uh, and uh, uh, 
the, we are not at where the bond market was thinking we would have been six months ago, in the meaning that it doesn't look that a recession is probable, and it means that the Federal Reserve has room uh, to keep uh, rates higher for longer. And indeed, when we look at the Fed fund uh, futures, uh, if you look at January 2025, uh, well, the Fed fund rate uh, remains basically at 4%. So what does that uh, mean? It means that if next week uh, we are going to have effectively a last rate hike, we might see some uh, boom steepening of the yield curve, but the long part of the yield curve will uh, remain underpinned where it is or even has the capability to move higher with the 10 years and moving towards uh, 4%. I think that would be uh, providing headwinds for equities if that is the case as well, particularly, and, and we roll forward to the next slide there, slide 10. Kim, you've bought in your chart there. And I was I was a bit surprised. I thought the last time around we had a chance at breaking higher, uh, that prior major high in, in the low fours. Uh, I can't see the number there on the chart. But uh, and then we saw that. I think it was the CPI figure that really uh, scotched uh, the, the, the advance in yields, and we saw it reverse back lower. But that reversal didn't lead to any further momentum to the, to the downside. And so yesterday's day, I, I guess you have to agree, was a pretty significant development technically and uh, sets up a focus on the upside once again. Or what's your read here? Yeah, it is. I, I I agree with you, John. I was also a little bit surprised that it couldn't take our previous peaks there, just above, just below four point one percent. But yeah, the move yesterday was really significant, and it was uh, off uh, the uh, as you can see the fifty five moving average. It, it's the dark blue coming up there, and the the the, the two hundred moving average that is almost flat. It's the red one. And, and uh, the 55 is crossing over. And uh, what we've also seen is that uh, RSI is still telling me we are in a bullish sentiment. And the fact that we couldn't take out the 367 around that uh, support level there, that, that tells me I think we will move higher towards the 4% again. And, and maybe that time we could uh, even take out the 4.1%. Uh, I'm not quite sure about that. But uh, indicators tells us it's actually possible. All right. And uh, again... Earnings are coming in fast and furious next week. We do have a couple up today, American Express, uh, Schlumberger, which has been doing quite well, as have oil services uh, stocks in general. I thought it was worth putting up that Microsoft chart. We have Microsoft reporting next Tuesday. You can see it on slide 11. I'll just pull up a weekly chart. Such an interesting weekly bar there, uh, which if we closed at current levels would be a very spectacular uh, shooting star reversal here, uh, You know, basically having taken out those all-time highs from late 2021 and then reversing back below. So uh, technically, uh, just a, a very interesting weekly bar uh, or candlestick in the making here. Again, that that big move, that big surge, was on their discussion of the pricing for their co-pilot AI product, uh, and a lot of that has now reversed out. So um, lots at stake on Microsoft, on guidance, I would assume, next week. We also have, just look at all those names there on slide 11, Alphabet. Also on Tuesday, LVMH, the luxury giant, and other luxury names as well, and may uh, later in the week on Friday, and uh, looks like Christian Dior on Wednesday. Um, we also have Meta up on Wednesday, Amazon Thursday. So it's just uh, just peppered with names there. Have a look, and this is going, I think, to uh, be one of the defining weeks uh, for this earnings season. And then finally, the macro calendar. Uh, as noted, it's a, a really critical week next week. We have the three uh, central banks, the Fed, likely to hike 25 basis points, virtually all completely priced in. And whether willing, they're willing to signal that this is the final hike of the cycle, the market is pretty convinced. 
I think at minimum they're going to want optionality around further tightening uh, without pre-committing. And I suppose that's what the, the market will keep the market comfortable with its forecast. But uh, you know, surprises are, of course, possible on the hawkish side. ECB, it sounds like they want to pull back their uh, commitment to any further hikes beyond next week. That is the theme there. And then the Bank of Japan, with its aggressive uh, yen weakening we're seeing this morning, it looks like uh, the market is, is starting to take the view that they're not going to do anything this time around and uh, may not do any tweaks until further out the curve. Of course, the pressure gets on the Japanese yen when uh, yields start popping back higher like they have since yesterday. We also get the first estimate of Q2 GDP up on Thursday in the U.S. Uh, data space. Um, consumer confidence on early in the week on Tuesday. And then the PCE inflation, really critical uh, for, for treasuries, for, for the U.S. dollar, etc. That one is up. Uh, the June figure is up on Friday. All right, that is a wrap for today. Have a great weekend out there, and we'll be back next week with the next Saxo Market Call. Thanks for listening. This has been the Saxo Market Call. For feedback and questions, reach out to us on Twitter at Saxo Market Call or by email, marketcall at saxobank.com.